We don't have to start the podcast immediately. Oh, we could let some air in. Yeah. Let it breathe. I don't want the red light to be like a big change. You're on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's hard. I don't have any other thing in my life where it's like, okay, start performing now. Mm -hmm. Except for like waking up in the morning, which actually gives me a lot of anxiety. Does it? Yeah. Well, it's like before bed, when I think about, okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? Um, I start to get butterflies sometimes of just like, okay, do I have my day like adequately planned? Do I know exactly what I'm going to wake up in the morning and do first thing? Um, and so I'll check my calendar and I'll be like, oh yeah, okay. I know that Mondays always look like X, Y, Z. Um, and then I remember that I like Mondays actually. Um, and Mm. you know, I kind of, but like checking my calendar to actually know what's coming helps. Um, and then on the day, I like wake up and I still get anxious about rushing through my morning and like taking time to enjoy it. It's hard. It's hard not to feel like everything you have to do is like urgent. And since I don't go to the office at a prescribed time every day, it's like, it's up to me to make meaning in that Mm -hmm. whatever time I do have. Uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, the therapist says that he, uh, first thing he does with clients that are depressed is uh, check, do they wake up at an hour mm-hmm. that a normal person does? Mm-hmm. And are they on a schedule? And if they're not, implement that first. And then that routine gives them a foundation for everything else to uh, gain some more order. Yeah, I have some thoughts about that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't do it right now because there's times that i got to get up early and there's times that i got to stay up late. Right. So it's... I'd have to change other things in my life to be able to fit into that. Everyone thinks, I mean, not everyone thinks that's a, (laughs) that's a big sentence. That's a big start to that sentence. But like, that's fine. A lot of people have the guidance that when you're depressed, when you're trying to solve some kind of issue, um, like depression, some big emotional issue, it's like, okay, let's start by implementing a bunch of structure and then, within somewhere within that structure people will gain the motivation and and start they'll just they'll just start doing the thing regularly and then they'll realize oh i'm already doing the thing i guess i'm not depressed anymore or that's a vast like a dramatic oversimplification but like the thing that i my personal philosophy of what actually works based on like some of what i've seen from my clients some of what i've done for myself has been you have to like care about yourself and actually have motivation to get up in the morning to start getting up in the morning. So I, Mm -hmm. I like an inside out approach versus an outside in approach. I use a little bit of both and it kind of varies, but like, I think that I would underscore the importance of you're depressed. Okay. Let's sit down and let's talk about what are the internally what's going on and you know, the, the, the base issues that comprise that versus like, okay, you're depressed. Like, let's get militant about it. Let's wake up at 8am every morning. Let's make sure you get to the gym. Let's, cause it's just, you end up building a foundation on top of quicksand. I, I think the outside in approach is more appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I've never had a breakthrough where I change my feeling about myself because of some reflection. Mm. 
and then I start doing things differently. I can't That's how remember all of mine it at least. Come. Hmm. I've found that Lasting. just being in different circumstances, being in a different situation, I start to adapt to that. And then mm. before I know it, I'm like, oh, the things that I was worried about, the things that I thought were wrong with me, I'm not feeling that anymore. I have these other things that I'm paying attention to. And uh, so getting a new job, moving to a new place, getting mm-hmm. new friends, signing up for some responsibility has tended to improve my life more than like hugging a pillow at night and saying, I love myself. Like I forgive myself. I, I think uh, I deserve good things that were like positive visualization. Maybe I'm oversimplifying that. Well, that to me is still a little outside in. It's a different, I think, I guess I kind of feel like just starting to change like your self talk, for example, Mm -hmm. with that's sort of still outside in to me. Okay. Um, What's inside out. Can you explain it? You kind of, you, you ask someone to reflect on potentially the causes of some of these things and then they go back and they're starting to think about, oh, well, my parents always said this or that. Oh, and that, oh, and that connects to that experience and that connects to that. And it like builds this like internal map. And Mm. then, I mean, it's both like outside in does totally work. Like I moved across the country and that was a huge part of me over not overcoming because that makes it sound like it's done but you know managing my depression and changing the nature of it and allowing me to make a bunch of other life changes um but I had to decide that I was worth moving across the country and putting all my stuff in a car and you know um but yeah I think that the 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 outside in is sort of faking it till you make it doing it until it's a thing versus uh uncovering the blocks to it being a thing and then building up that building up the inside me. Um, but I, both are, both are important, but it's just different. It's, you know, therapist strategies and coach strategies, um, are so stylistic and subjective. Is it like telling yourself a different story, rewriting your personal narrative of like how you explain your past to yourself or who you are to yourself? Yes, and it's like the process of uncovering that change live. Okay. Watching that happen with clients is probably my favorite thing. When they're like, oh, I just realized now that we're talking about this, like my dad used to say this, or my mom used Mm -hmm. to say this, or I always went to school and did this, and I never noticed the connection between this and that before. It's like like unlocking the little explanations that underlie all these daily tasks and processes and um you know thoughts and beliefs um yeah it is it is that it is about changing the narrative but yeah it's kind of like writing it as you go versus like writing it and then committing that to memory Mm -hmm. i'd like to write what happened write my story you know in a few paragraph Mm -hmm. form and then expand it uh, like a negative version and a positive version, one where I'm trying to make a case for me going to hell and then another one where I'm trying to make a case for me going to heaven. Just kind of to lay them both out uh, like a very positive and forgiving self-assessment or personal story. Mm-hmm. And then another one to kind of organize all the thoughts in my head of the things that I don't tell people or that I tell people with shame of like mm. things that I am embarrassed by or that... <laughs> You know, make a case that I'm a bad person and then make a case that I'm a good person. What would that do for you to have those two paths like right now? 
Um, I think it would give me an easier choice when I realize it's it's more functional for me to think of myself as a good person right now because mm. it would provide me with the confidence that I need to like uh, pursue a certain uh, challenge. Then I can look over that or I have those words better because I've written them down more easily accessible uh, to have that. It's kind of a modification of another Jordan Peterson self-authoring project thing uh, where he has three phases of it. One is you write about your current strengths and flaws. Another is your past. You tell your story. And then the future one is um, you imagine if your worst qualities, all your flaws took over, what's hell like for you? What is Mm. like in 10 years, how bad could your life be if you did everything wrong? And then if you did everything right, if you really treated yourself like someone that you were supposed to take care of and you uh, mostly embodied all of your strengths and your positive qualities that you detailed in the present phase, what would your heaven look like? What's your Mm. ideal like? Uh, And he says that there was a study of like college students, they had to do that, that um, many, many more of them stayed in college in the group that they had right this future plan out than the group that didn't have this exercise. Do you think it's because by visualizing something, it gives people an opportunity to kind of try it on or what do you, what do you attribute that success to? Um, I think it just having made something concrete, some rubric, some mm-hmm. reference point, some goal, uh, on their own terms. Like we often are, we get goals provided to us by other metrics. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, here's a grade that you can get, or here's a uh, show that you can put up. Here's a podcast, uh, rating system. You know, do you have five stars? How many subscribes do you have? Yeah. But to come up with your own metrics and I guess it's really just about deciding values. Mm-hmm. and then writing them down, and then you have become accountable to yourself in a way that I think a lot of people don't do. I haven't done yeah. in many ways. Um, yeah, and I feel like um, so many people are dissatisfied, but they don't take the time to do that assessment. Mm-hmm. And that's where I start with a lot of people. It's like, okay, let's find out where you actually are. Like, Have you sat down and thought about like why you think you know, this or that is going on. And it's like, you know, that's when you realize like, oh, I have no satisfying relationships in my life or like right. some crazy thing that's like, of course, if you think about it, like, yeah, that would lead to dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, we don't, we're not taught to like take the time and really get conscious about the choices that we're making. It's just like, do this, do that, do this, do that, because it's the prescribed path of here's what people do and here's how you get success, quote unquote. I think some religions did that for people. Mm. Not all. And not all people like would go and buy into that. But I think that that's weekly set aside time to reflect on yeah. your values yeah. and hear stories that are meant to remind you of things that you knew, but that you forget easily because something more attractive popped up. And like reconnecting you with like, an outside source, again, quote unquote, but also your own inner guidance, like mm-hmm. quieting down enough to be like, what do I actually want? What do I actually care about? In what steps do I want to take to advance that notion of myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Did you ever go to a Quaker meeting? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I grew up going to church. Yeah. But, 
<clears throat> I went to one Quaker meeting, I think they're, I don't know, service uh, in Pittsburgh in high school. Uh, my world history teacher took a group of us and uh, probably 40 people sit in a circle in silence for an hour and a half. And if, you, if someone feels compelled to say something, they stand up and speak for a minute or so. Mm-hmm. Most of it was silence. And sometimes someone would get up and say something that they were thinking about, sit back down. No one needs to react or respond to that. They typically didn't. Hmm. I thought that that was cool to just be in a place where it's socially reinforced to sit still and think. Hmm. And you can share if you want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And Occasionally you're reminded that there are other people there thinking too. Yeah. This is not similar to that quality at all, but hmm. another like area of life that, stands in for that kind of thing for some people is like AA or NA or sure. you know, something like that um, where it's a gathering and you're with sort of people that have something in common with you. It's, it's about how do we all survive this daily struggle that in this case is alcoholism, but I think religion is like, how do we all survive existence, you right. know, and like contemplating our, to what extent we matter. Do we have to die? <laughs> big, big question. Do we have to? Religion's like, no, no, come here, baby. <laughs> you don't gotta die. You just, you be real good and we'll let you get the milk forever. Yeah, and then you can be with all the people that you love that have also died, mm-hmm. but they haven't died either. They're but just they, up there waiting for you. They're young and hot again. <laughs> <laughs> They're exactly as you yeah, remember them. All, we control z all those amputations. <laughs> God's just up there with like his email on like a 1999, <laughs> you know, Windows. Yeah. <laughs> just I, delete, delete. I don't want my penis to be any bigger. I'm good. <laughs> it's the perfect size. <laughs> He's dealing with spam and that. Oh, I see. That's funny. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny. That's funny. I didn't set that up well. <laughs> no, you didn't, but it was a funny joke. So I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Okay, good. Um, yeah, we're all on board now. We're all on board now. Um, but yeah, so that place, A-A-N-A. Yes. Yeah. Um, eaters, not whatever, all those things. All those different things are a an attempt to implement like structure and regularity and community into a very scary domain mm-hmm. i think um and i think that's why it works so well for people it's 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 also that i mean the the uh religious element is a big part of it too because the idea of giving yourself over to a higher power and trusting and all of that can be really appealing for people mm-hmm. um i i don't know how my personal view is on that because I'm, I haven't had an addiction that I've had to overcome where I've had to like really give in to something bigger than myself. Um, and I'm only kind of dealing with what are the ways that I give in and connect, um, with, I guess what I'm calling the universe or my inner guidance sort of on my own. So I don't want to, um, you know, put down people that feel that that's a really important element of, a program like that is the, the, the social. Power. Oh. no, the social thing is huge. I yeah. actually think that's part of what makes it so great more for me. I would think more so than, mm-hmm. um, the element of giving yourself over to a higher power because it's like, wow, the universality of feeling like we're all struggling with this together. And, you know, there's this person who's been sober for a day. There's this person who's been sober for a year. There's this person who's been sober for 20 years and every, not every day, but you know, every week or whatever they're coming and they're saying like here's this condition that i have which 
in my eyes, is like one fragment of the human condition overall. Um, like, you know, you stand up and you're like, hi, I'm Morgan. I'm a human. I've been a human for whatever, however many years, and I'm still struggling with it. Every day it's a battle. Um, I think of my depression that way as just a thing to manage, not like a thing to just check enough boxes for it to be gone because it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Religion is so fucking fascinating. I have a secular... Uh, attempt at fulfilling those needs in the everyman group that I'm a part of. Mm. Its values, I guess, are focusing on the bodily sensation of emotions Mm -hmm. and uh, slowing down and giving words to describe how you're feeling in your body Mm -hmm. and then using that as a uh, guidance for how to act. Um. There's no God talk or anything like that. <laughs> no God talking here. No, there isn't. Uh, I sometimes wonder why it has to be a men's group. Mm. My theory is that people are less honest when they're around people that they see as mating potential. Yeah. Um, but gay people can be in the group. And would they be less honest because there are guys around that they might be attracted to? I guess I th- I think it's like, you know, like the safety of like a women's group or a men's group or mm-hmm. any kind of group where it's like we all have one thing in common. I don't think it matters specifically if it's gender or sexual orientation or, a you know, a certain type of psychological issue or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I think it's like f- it, it, it kind of heightens that sense of having a collective experience to have a, at least one thing in common. I would think. One thing in common that other people don't have in common, because, I mean, any group of people, you're all people, and that there's so yes, much yes. that's shared as being a human yes, being, right? Yes. I think it heightens, it, it, it kind of is a fast track to, like, a certain level of intimacy, because you have something in common. Just being a man, of course, is not a very big thing to have in common, I would say. Um, I but agree. it gives it something. Yeah. I wonder how different our conversations would be if there were women there, like, would we talk about the same feelings that women have. Yeah. Maybe the values are different. Maybe in the case of this group where there's mm-hmm. already sort of an amount of intimacy and the coverage of all topics and you get to that deeper emotional layer, maybe it's not that different. Maybe it kind of just bypasses the need for that commonality of work. We have, we're having a men's experience. Yeah. I don't know. Not there. I'm a woman. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's because... The assumption or the assessment is that men are not in touch with their feelings enough. Women mm, are. Mm. And men would struggle to do it even more in front of women. Right. But that they're willing to do it if it's you know a yeah. safer space where yeah. there's men that they see are doing it like them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't make them womanly, which can be bad in some men's minds. It doesn't right. make them feminine. Right. Or that that femininity is okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. We do uh, stretches every week, mm-hmm. a challenge for ourselves, and then we report back to the group about how we did with it. This week mine was uh, to, whenever I feel like I'm going to just put on a podcast or scroll through Facebook, get on Reddit, something mindless, I would write down how I'm feeling at that moment. Like, yeah. what it's is uncomfortable, what, you know... 
And so I have a note in my phone going of all the times that I've felt like I want something different in my brain than what's in there. Mm-hmm. What's broad strokes, the conclusion that you've, that you're starting to draw? Mm, dreading doing something. Mm. It's a lot of like procrastinatory kind of things that, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to do this thing, but I could uh, escape that reality. I don't have to go tutor this kid yeah, yeah. right now if I like, I'm just on Reddit scrolling through news or, you know, maybe something amusing will pop up, little funnies. I can let out a tiny chuckle to myself. <laughs> right, know? right. And I've just, I feel like I've wasted hours. It's not total waste. I do get sometimes useful Podcasts are not a waste of time. No. <laughs> you're in your car. You're in your kitchen right now. If you're just sitting in a chair staring at the wall listening If you're avoiding this, something, go do that thing. Turn yeah, us off. Dude, what are you enjoying <laughs> listening to this, honestly? Be real with yourself. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's so comforting to me to hear familiar voices having a conversation. Yeah. There's good feelings involved. People are laughing. People are stimulated. They're curious. Mostly Joe. Joe Rogan, I'm talking about here. <laughs> I don't think he needs any more plug-in. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He Everyone totally already doesn't. knows. Yeah, I get a huge comfort out of that. I'll mm-hmm. be in my car with other people. I'll be like, I can't wait for these people to get out of my car so I can put Joe back. <laughs> wow. Wow. Joe, Joe, we can be Is together. he your favorite friend? As soon as these fuckers leave my car. <laughs> Wow, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. (laughs) What's the thing that you've been, was there like a TV show or a book series that you've been most obsessed with? You're like stoked about the next one coming out or Game of Thrones. Really? Game of Thrones, yeah. I've heard that it has a lot of philosophical ideas in it. Oh, yeah. A lot of interesting concepts. Oh, it's captivating. Yeah, for something like that, I don't hear it used as a reference that often when people are trying to explain an idea that, oh, it's like when. The king does this, and I, I really don't You have don't no idea how to even make that <laughs> Yeah, I don't. When the king does the thing. When the, when the midget has sex with the prostitute. Th- those are two things that happen. The king sure. does things, and the midget has sex with the prostitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. the first couple episodes. Um, I don't yeah. hear people like using it often as a reference point, if it's that philosophical, really. I do actually do. use it quite as often. As much as South Park? As much as South Park. Is it as Park. useful as South Park That's in explaining a great, ideas? You know what's the most useful to me? What? Um, Seinfeld, the then South Park. Yeah. Um, well, I think what, what South Park... South Park helps me explain um, like soci- contemporary societal phenomena. Okay. Um, Seinfeld helps me explain um, situations and coincidences and like little character flaws the minutia of social of human experience manners yeah. and, and like, yeah yeah okay yeah um game of thrones i feel like is very much an allegory about like good versus evil and who prevails and 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 questioning morality being this like black and white thing it's very much about the gray area um and also very much about how characters develop which mm-hmm. i think character development is just, like, the thing about a show that gets me the most excited, which makes a lot of sense because yeah. character development is what gets me most excited about <laughs> regular human life. <laughs> no, that's, that's the but point yeah. of TV, I think, is it's a great medium for characters because you have all that time to get to know them in different situations. Yeah. It's like dating a person. That's, I think comedies work better in TV shows, character-driven comedy at least, because in a movie, 
The events have to be funny because you don't know the characters that well. They're... That is such a good fucking point. Yeah, thanks. I haven't have had enough thoughts in my head related to this to really say anything like that. And I agree so wholeheartedly. The sitcoms are so comforting. You know these characters. You've seen them do a bunch of things. You fall in love with them. And then that's why it's more rewarding. Like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you? I mean, do I fall in love with them? With movie characters like that, yeah. Yeah, not as much. Mm. Not as much. I don't, yeah, I, it's hard. But um, I don't remember what I was going to say, but. Oh, that's why I think that's why it's sometimes it's it's more appealing to choose to rewatch something even than to take a chance on a new thing. Sure. Because it's that familiarity and like you know, oh, this character is totally gonna do this. That's mm-hmm. so him. <laughs> you know, like that is that's compelling shit. Mm-hmm. Like familiarity, we fucking love our brains love familiarity and predictability. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Just that little bit of novelty, like in a song, the, the chorus. You need that. If, it's, if the whole song is just the chorus repeating, it's boring. It's like rewatching the same episode over and over again. But if you get the characters the same, there's your chorus characters. Notice there's a lot of overlap in the spelling of those words. Yes, and a few the letters. And the, <laughs> <shut up. laughs> then the verses are the. Shut up. Then the verses of the song. The novel material. It's, it's mine, too. Yes. Um, uh, the, the, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw what you were saying. The thread yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so, here's a show that I want to talk about that I'm, like, so excited about. Um, my friend Risa yeah. uh, was like, you should watch this. And I did. Because okay. I was just literally sitting on my couch when that recommendation came in, like, Ooh. thinking about what I wanted. It was the perfect moment. Um, okay. Pen15 on Hulu. Pen15. It is... Looks like Sex Pen- Education on Netflix. Looks like they're similar. I have no idea what that okay. is. But um, it is a perfect nostalgic portrait of our middle school experience. We had different middle school experiences, I'm pretty sure. Well, yes. However, your middle school is not, unrelatable to mine. Unrelatable. And we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly mean, that. Um, we had a super contrarian. But so, um, the two protagonists are these women who, they're in their 30s or something. Like, they're, you know, they're older, but they're, they're, they're acting among 12-year-olds. Oh, okay. And it is hysterical like it talks about like uh, masturbation it talks about AIM it talks just all these little things that were like just the crux of like making out in closets just the clucks of like the <laughs> the the, the crux crux cran of <laughs> crux cranberries put them in your yogurt <laughs> contaminate your pure white ro- yoga with crux crux Cranberries. <laughs> They'll help you poop. <laughs> Getting the blackouts and snow. Um, they'll help you poop. Yeah, okay. But making sure, I, I'm never sure if it's like just a bad joke or too racist. It can be both. Right, it can be both. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes it's just one. Like, I was trying to think, like, get the brown out as the connection between yeah, yeah. the pooping and the racial exclusivity. Oh, I get it. Okay. So, bad joke. Great. Sounds like you're comparing black people to human excrement, though. Right. That's the part that I'm concerned about the racism mm. of, for yeah, sure. You're going to jail. Going yeah. To jail. <laughs> I'm going Real to jail. Real quick. <laughs> you got to have you locked up. Yeah. So, what'd you do? <laughs> I was talking about poop, and then I noticed that poop is brown, and so is some people's Well, we were already joking about quirk quirk squam. Yeah. Ugh. Take, yeah. 
I want to abruptly reverse mm. and just change gears completely. <laughs> you to start over. Yeah, we should try to start this <laughs> podcast over from like episode one, yeah. um, where we try to pretend that not everyone's a little bit racist. No, I meant be a baby again and do the oh. whole. Oh my god! Eat the no, food, suck the mama titty, do the. No, 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 no. Nope. I am just the right amount of distance away from my mom's boobs right now. I'd do it all again. There's no amount of money on earth. No amount of anything on earth to get me to do it again. I don't know if I want to be born in this time more than the last. You know, like, <laughs> am I then, my new birthday is February of 2019. I don't think I want that. But if I could go right. be reborn well, yeah, in 1991 yeah, yeah, yeah. again and re- relive it all, I'd live it all again. Wow, really? Yeah. Because, for, well, I guess for me, it's like I've pretty much not enjoyed my life until now. So I'm like, no, 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 no. I've made a lot of, I've staked a lot of <laughs> claim <laughs> on this particular part of my life. Saturn return, baby! <laughs> I just hit my head on there. I can just tune it again. <laughs> not to like a critically painful level, but I wish I had learned that lesson already. Yeah. Fully. So I'm sure it'll happen a third time. Should we take some advice? We've been talking for a while. Um... Yes, but after I say something that please, I was, oh, please. I was real polite by not cutting you off when you were telling me you about didn't that. have to be. Well, there was that recommendation. I know I wanted to hear about the show though. Pen fifteen, you said you were on your couch. When oh, you it's got very funny. Check this out. It's a messaging app. Okay, but you decide what location you want the person to be in when they will actually receive the message. So you can be that like, doesn't exist. Don't. Uh, I've never heard of it. This is just me. I'm coming up with this right now. Oh, well, I mean, it's brilliant. This. Thank you. Yeah. So, like, I want them to get this when they're on the toilet. And then the next time uh, they're on the toilet... How would you know that, though? How would you know? I guess it would require pretty close GPSing. <laughs> Full you square. Could, you would have to check into your own bathroom. Mm, okay. I think at the current iteration, it would be, like, in the car. When they uh, get home. At work. Blah, blah, blah. At home. Those yeah. are kind of, like, the right. the big things. But it's location-dependent message delivery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is the big idea. Um, it's big, baby. It's huge. It'll totally get abused, and it'll be just another thing that's tracking your every movement and then sold to advertisers and the government. Absolutely. And, it already is, probably. But people don't care as long as you can link it to a way for them to have sex. And if that becomes the new way that they have sex, they'll give up all their information because that's what we do anyway. What do you mean if they have sex? What do you mean by if they have sex? Like if it becomes a tool, like having to get on Instagram, how many people have I asked out and they're like, yeah, here's my Instagram handle. And I'm like, I'm not on Instagram, but I have to get on Instagram if I want to go out with that person. So, you know, if it gets enough traction or there's a dating component, you know, it's a dating messenger app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at, I was looking at Grindr for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, last night on some guy's phone and he was like, this guy, he's like, he's like, it was less than a mile away, but he, it was all sorted by proximity. Mm-hmm. You just see a cl- how close is the person map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was scary to me. <laughs> just, really? Yeah. You know, like you could just walk outside. If I'm on this, yeah, I could walk outside and then like just look around for the people that are closest to me. Yeah. And then be like, oh, okay. I think also, that's the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm scared of the total loss of privacy. What if you just just submitting to never having a thought that is only yours again? 
I feel like that's well, that's a big logic from Grinder. It's coming. Never having a private thought. But how <laughs> Grinder quickly, to never having a private thought again. How quickly are we getting there by putting so much of our minds into networked mm-hmm. devices? Oh yeah, that are vulnerable. Oh, I mean, I think we're careening down a slippery slope. Yeah. What do you lose in not having privacy? Independent thought? Question mark? I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, creativity requires, like, time and space and quiet in order to, like, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, like, when you are in the shower. When you're doing something where, like... Your your brain is sort of in a different gear. You're not really doing anything. These ide- ideas like pop into your head yeah. and stuff. And when you take away the container of that blank space, if we're always being bombarded by some kind of message, there's no space to have your own original ideas and allow them to like to play with them. There was some. There's like some. God, I wish I knew more about this, but. It was like a TED Talk or some, some something. Some nugget of information that was fed into my ears um, was about what we lose when we prevent people from ever being bored. Yeah. And it's that same idea of, like, we need to be bored in order to have an idea of, like, well, what should we do? How should we spend our time? What mm-hmm. creative thing can we think about or talk about or whatever? Versus, like, if we're always having messaging coming the one way at us, it kind of... I mean, it's a little bit of a, like, technophobic kind of viewpoint, um, but... I think there's a lot of valid parts of technophobia. Absolutely. Every great societal change has costs, and... Yeah. I think it's the job of the population to try and figure out, like, okay, so we got cars now. Yeah. How do we not kill ourselves constantly? Okay, we can put these belts in, we can put these inflatable bags in them, we can make sure that people... Don't drive too fast or they're going to get a, have to pay money. Yeah. Make it safe enough to make the risk like acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that shit is not happening online <laughs> the, the, mm. with the, with the current, like how well does Congress understand what's happening on media networks and social media? <laughs> have you seen Congress? Not at all. <laughs> no, I fucking idea. Like they got cars. I think they understood that. Probably took a while, though, because cars were, you know, started to be a thing yeah. pretty long time ago. And I feel like a lot of safety regulations are, like, just now pretty much where they should be. With cars? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm making that up. I don't really know the ins and outs. Some automobile safety expert can uh, write in to us about how there are still many, many needs to be covered. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good enough. We still lose people but that's the risk of driving a high speed Mm -hmm. vehicle personally um i don't know what kind of broad changes you're looking for with the internet (sighs) it would distribution of child porn and that 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 could be an area of improvement yeah i don't think that that affects most people directly i mean i'm sure in some way yeah it's a tax on society but I think uh, giving people more tools to uh, understand how the content that is reaching them is chosen and mm. what data they are giving away, like what kind of profile has mm. been built on them, right? And who has access to that? I don't yeah, know who knows what about me. 
Yeah. And what companies know what about oh, me? Oh, my God. Using that? There's a great thing where you can, like, go into Facebook and find what demographics you've been put into. Oh, and yeah. it is hysterical. Hmm. Like, there... Okay, so uh, we were... Back when I was working in independent film, we were uh, distributing a film called Damnation. Yeah. And it's about the impact... The environmental impact of dams on the pacific northwest and so because i had this thing called damnation that i liked it put me in all these like pagan categories <laughs> like she's an anarchist she's yeah. like all about the world going to hell and the devil and i was like whoa <laughs> not quite but okay I mean, it's not that far off right <laughs> you probably I mean, it's like, hilarious but... like a little pentagram here and there with some <laughs> candles don't you well i'm more of the kind of like woo woo witchy than yeah. like the devil I would okay say. i'm like a devil worshiper it's kind of cool though right I mean, I do love chaos and like systems collapsing. I have I you like ever looked into Satanism? Events. What they're about? It's not like all that fucked up. I'm sure. It's it's kind of like uh, you should be an asshole to protect what you love. Like you know, I don't know tell if I people believe in that. It's <laughs> it's, it's like sort of if someone wrongs you, don't be just averse to the conflict because the conflict is short lived, and mm. uh, like expressing your truth is more important. Well, so like living way, truly, yeah. There's like a positive aspect to Satanism, as sure. I heard it. Sure. Of just like standing up for what <laughs> all you cults in. start with one great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then just some fucker like ruins it. No, right. I'm just kidding. Um, but I mean, it's people who try to build a world around their ideal, and some of them are just happen to be like psychotic, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately charming, and then it brings great destruction. But. Yeah. Let's do the advice. Let's do the advice. We were really like... Yeah, I had to get that thing out about the location-based message delivery. Yeah. I think... Well, I think there is a thing about, um, like, remind me this when I get to this place. Yeah, you can do that with your voice assistant. But there's no message-based. Okay. There, Not that I know of. Okay. Or it's not being widely used yet. Great. I think it would be cool uh, in augmented reality... To like be able to hide things in a person's house, that then they hold their phone over like you know your air conditioning unit and like then, Pokemon Go, ask. Can you hide Pokemon in people's houses that way? No, but I mean like is that that's kind of that's thing augmented you're reality? About? Like, could, yeah, where you look through the phone guy? camera and it'll show you something on a specific spot if you put the right. phone over that. Right, right, right. So this would be like. I could hide a message for you in your freezer. Oh, that's cute. If and you're, terrifying. Yeah, and then you go on a little scavenger hunt in your place, and there's that's a great digital idea. artifacts from your friends. All right, so let's move on to the advice. You ready for this? So ready. We got a question here. Should I have bare feet around people more to make me more comfortable with it? Asked by ZHex VFW Sizzix Kaz X. I love this question. I am uncomfortable having bare feet around others, especially when they are wearing socks. My therapist has advised me about exposure therapy mm. and thinks that it might be a good idea for me to have bare feet around others, especially around my girlfriend when we visit each other, even when she is wearing socks. <laughs> I am just wondering, is this a good idea? As I stated when I thought the question was over, I love this question. <laughs> I think that it's helpful to know um, one piece of follow-up that comes from the top-ranked follow-up question. What about it bothers you? Right, right, yes. C. Hex Physicax says, Feeling undressed, although I know that it is irrational and totally normal. 
There's nothing wrong with my feet. Yeah. Just a weird, slightly anxious feeling. That's really important to know. I'm glad you read that because that was going to be definitely a thing that I asked next, yeah. which is like, okay, so what is what are your Nothing fears? wrong with the feet. They weren't mm-hmm. burned. There's no abnormal number of toes. No, no aggressive smells. No okay. fungus. When other cool. people are wearing socks, it's especially bad. That part's interesting. Yeah. Well, is it because they're... Like, I wonder how this person feels about other people's feet feet being exposed is it is is feet exposure the issue or is personal exposure of my feet the seems issue? like it's okay okay yeah so i think i mean i think exposure therapy can be great as long as you kind of set up the boundaries around it to be safe and comfortable enough and you dose the fear out um in sort of like incrementally increasing doses mm-hmm. um I think this is a great and potentially safe way to explore the what are the edges and the limits um, of your anxiety and, and how does it come up and why and what about it is hard to sit with. Um, I, and I also, so I come from a family where, um, especially my dad's side, the beard side, um, barefoot is like our lifestyle. Um, and I... So I love being barefoot and it's kind of my favorite way to be. Sometimes I like, especially in the summer, want to leave the house wearing those shoes because I'm just like, this is how I want to be in the world. Um, and so I like, I'm both sad and excited for you to um, come into that element mm-hmm. of life. Feet are really wonderful. You can think of them like hands on your lower half. Right. I'd recommend watching a um, some type of a primate navigate the world with its feet. Yeah. Because they use their feet in ways that'll make you really feel like you're neglecting yours. And yeah. then you'll start, say you take off your shirt and throw it on the ground, you'll start picking it up with your toes mm-hmm. and launching it into the laundry basket. Mm-hmm. Um, taking a paper towel and cleaning up a spill without bending over because you've got it gri- gripped by your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to plug a product. Please. Vibram Five Fingers. These are toe <laughs> shoes that many oh people tease the look of. Yeah, including me. they're toe socks that uh, have uh, like a rubber on the outside of them and, and fully protect your foot. But um, they, they complement your natural way of interacting with the world, which is to have all of your toes available to balance and grip things and, and move independently. Which, once you start doing that, you realize, like, oh, man, I I could feel surfaces that I'm walking on. I could mm-hmm. feel all of the differences in texture. And shoes are stopping me from doing that. It's a different, like, surface through which to experience and orient yourself to the world. Yeah. Um, having your feet on the ground and, and feeling, like, the curvature of different surfaces, the softness, the hardness. Um <clears throat> and for anxiety, especially, which, you know, can be a very physical thing, but often is sort of pulls us into our heads and, you know, makes us sort of very like mentally focused, focused and keeps us, keeps our center very high in our bodies, like right in our head. Um, and so one of the practices that can be beneficial or like, you know, part of a kind of plan of um, addressing your anxiety is to get more grounded. And so feeling your feet on the ground and mm-hmm. that sensory tactile experience 
can has the ability to pull that center down a little further in your body because you are feeling the surface underneath you. And so you can feel more secure and grounded. And those are sort of the antithesis to the anxious, frenzied mental experience. Yeah. The way you stand and come in contact mm-hmm. with the thing that's below you yeah, is huge. It's gigantic. <laughs> I've heard the advice for improvisers who are getting in a funk. If you like, don't feel like you have good ideas when you're stepping out on stage or you just can't support other people as scene partners, buy a new pair of shoes and then, wow, yeah, you just buy those new pair of shoes and then also wear them while you're improvising, put them on and then you'll take a new stance and that dictates everything else about your body language uh, adjusts and you, you are like giving yourself permission to take a new approach, be a new character because, oh, who would... Stand like this with these now. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. sturdy shoes or all these light shoes, I can like move a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Just changing up something in your physiology which breaks you out of that funk is the idea. So um, that's fantastic advice. Um, our again, the gendering of the person mm-hmm. um, potentially comes into play with what I'm about to say. Oh, this but, is a guy, right? Well, he says okay. Well, they say they have a girlfriend. So yes, I also chances that it are was a it's guy. a guy. Um, there are more boys who have girlfriends and than, posters on Reddit and girls who have girlfriends. Say. Um, but yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> so for, if this were a girl, for example, mm-hmm. I would say, why don't you go get your toes painted in a way that you think is really beautiful and a color that you like okay. so that when you take your shoes off, you see it and you're rewarded by that. And you, um, you know, it kind of is just this little extra thing that you can, be reminded of that's nice when you take your shoes off as an added reward. So this could potentially be, you could draw a little design on your foot, almost like a temporary tattoo that like, Oh, when you take your shoes off, you see this little thing. We have a friend, um, who, uh, when they are kind of feeling like insecure about something specific, um, they draw a little, a little happy guy on their hand and Mm -hmm. that they look at it. And that reminds them that, you know, hey, this is fun. This is cool. We're okay. And so you could kind of do something like that with your foot. Um, you know, d- drawing a little symbol that reminds you like, hey, I can do this. You know, taking off your shoes like, and, and your socks is, is an important step towards your personal growth. And so maybe you do a little smiley face that kind of reinforces that you're doing this thing for your future self, for your happiness, um, to, to explore your anxieties and mm-hmm. to prove to yourself, hey, life can be okay when my shoes are off. Uh, on the top of your foot, you could draw a Bart Simpson face mm-hmm. and then have each of the toes yes. be his hair. Fantastic. Both of your feet, you do like this. Yes. And so that they're facing each other and you bring your feet you together and you make kissing noises. Absolutely. It's Bart practicing kissing in the mirror. Yeah. He's going to be a bad kisser if I don't take my socks off and practice bringing my feet together so that Bart can kiss himself. What's going to happen? Bart doesn't really have a crush, does he? He's maybe had a know. fling or two. Yeah. Um, oh, you could do Milhouse and uh, Lisa. And Lisa. Neither of their hairs really look like toes, though. That's so correct. That now we're just operating the Simpsons world for no real reason. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're going to do that, pick whatever fictional universe you're most familiar absolutely. with. and whatever. Create your own. Yeah. Yeah. You could Mr. and Mrs. Foot. That could be threatening. Whatever. There's somebody who doesn't like taking their socks off. I don't know. <laughs> um... 
the point is lean into something playful and joyful mm. that's positive that happens when you take your shoes off. Um, think about positive reinforcement. Um, like maybe it's something that doesn't have to do with your feet, but when you take your shoes off, there's some other kind of reward that your brain then links it to. Like you, um, you know, treat yourself in some other little way or, um, you know, if you want to, if your girlfriend could be a part of this process, there could be like a special kind of kiss or something like that, that signifies like, I'm with you in this process. I support what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm here to help and be a support for you. I want to sell you on your feet being unclothed as a yeah, avenue to pleasure. Off, actually. Mine are off right now. We should now. look at our, our own feet right now. Sure. Let's take the opportunity to do that. Last episode, Ooh, I criticized person. Rob for like touching his feet or something. He did something oh, I smelled game. my sock. Smelled his sock. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like maybe that was like foot shaming. How's it smell today, Rob? I like Rob? it. It's... Do you want to? Do I want to smell your foot no. or my own? Okay, I'll smell yours. Okay, that's a, it smells like it. a foot. Yeah, but not mine like, actually does not smell like a foot. I don't know why. I think it's because I showered and then put socks on immediately last night. Yeah, those uh, there's like a soapy floral mm-hmm. scent to that, whereas yeah. mine has some of that. You know, it's a foot. It's a little bit of funk. It's not that <laughs> corn no, smell that, that uh, aerates a plane whenever you take your shoes off, but. I've also been trying to get less comfortable or more comfortable with I'm trying to really scare the crap out of myself. Um, no, I'm trying to get more comfortable with less um, painting my toenails. Um, I used to always paint my toenails um, and I felt like as a woman, like feet are gross when your toenails are painted or there's something missing or there's something not good enough or polished enough or whatever. Um, I've been rocking the natural nails look for uh, a few weeks now and I'm Pretty happy with it. Biggest perk, low maintenance. Yeah. I love a good manicure, especially gel. I splurge. It's a whole thing. Um, but not having to do that and feeling okay about the way that you are is, you know, it's it's my own version of that exposure therapy. Will I keep it up in the summer when my toes are out all the time? Probably Who not. Who knows? Like <laughs> Probably not. Maybe more frequently. Um, but, uh, so maybe that's my work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got to do these little things, whatever they are, that <laughs> like there's like an engine revving or something like underneath us. Yeah, there's a garage a, next what, to a us. What a motorcycle? Some uh, kind of hot yeah, rod? potentially. Jeez. Um, so if you're hearing that, that's what's going on. Um, it's someone trying to be impressive. Um, Succeeding. <laughs> we are thoroughly impressed. <laughs> um, you got a podcast debut right now. <laughs> <laughs> Free engine revving. Hey guys, vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your feet talk. Um, you got to find the little, little tolerable ways to push the boundaries of the things that make you uncomfortable in order to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like you've really, you've done some self exploration and you are in therapy, which is amazing. Kudos. I love that journey. Um, for you and for me and for everyone else. Um, and you've identified something that pushes your boundaries and it may seem small or potentially silly to someone who isn't you. Um, but I think we can all recognize these little things in ourselves, these little ways that we can push the envelope to be better people. Um, and sometimes they come up in relationship, um, you know, or when we're like not alone. Um, so just keep, 
keep putting yourself out there. Keep enlisting people that are close to you to help you meet these goals and ask them to support you because they want to. Everybody loves supporting other people for the most part. Um, and so the more specific you can get about, hey, like, I'm, can you stop? Your, okay, so Rob's foot is like a foot above my foot and he's like picking small fuzzes off of it and those fuzzes are like landing on my foot. Making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, the fuzzes are like in all likelihood. Oh shit! I'm just getting coffee everywhere. Um, the fuzzes are in all likelihood uh, coming from the rug, oh, my no. own rug. Um, I'm just spilling coffee all over myself without noticing. Um, but it doesn't look like you had your period. <laughs> thanks. I was super worried about several coffee splotches not anywhere near my vagina looking like I was on my period. Um, Also, when I'm on my period, also I would prefer for it not to look like I'm on my period. (laughs) Um, Well, I don't know what I was saying, but ask for support. I want to sell you on this path that you're going on a little bit even more. Because your feet are a doorway to pleasures untold. Wow. They... The nerve endings from your feet, a lot of people don't know this, but they wind up on the same, right next to the part of your brain where the genital nerve endings go. And so there's a lot of cross wiring that happens there where stimulation from your feet can feel very intense. That's why if people are tickling you, they'll often out of convenience go for the armpit. But if they really want to do it, they'll get to the feet, unless you build up calluses to protect yourself from that type of tickling. But that's... (laughs) A little bit paranoid. <laughs> you sit at home just like sanding your feet to yeah, like training grow. Yeah. For the tickle wars. Um, also, the coffee, speaking of anxieties, um, the small blotches of coffee that are um, currently being absorbed into my clothing are giving me anxiety. So you keep talking. I'm going to go get a wet paper towel. Go deal with that. I have Thank plenty you. to say on this. Perfect. I'll leave you to it. Okay. Here's what I recommend you try you get one of those spiky balls that's um, made out of a hard plastic. And run that under your feet. I have a red one. Kind of looks like the spikes are off of Bowser's back. You know, not too sharp, but um, still you know that it's a spike in all directions. And you roll that around in your foot, starting with a little pressure, and then eventually you're putting all of your weight on it. Those, those points on the bottom of your foot that you find, I guess they're pressure points, they can feel so good to just have them stimulated by a ball like that. Um... And then I recommend this video on YouTube called Self-Massage for the Hands and Foot. (laughs) You get some coconut oil. You start by loosening up your hands because you're going to need them to be, your fingers to be limber for you to get into your feet. And then after 10 minutes of that, you do 10 minutes of foot massage. Wow. It's such a way of taking care of yourself and feeling so much looser. There's so much tightness that comes from the foot, wearing the wrong type of shoe, just walking on it all the time. Yeah, we yeah. we punish our feet. Mm-hmm. So you got to get them naked to give them the care that they need. And a <laughs> naked foot is kind of an invitation to great pleasure. So if you start associating it with that by running it on these balls, by giving it the hand massage that you can administer yourself, guided by this woman on self-massage for the hands and feet, go to YouTube, type that in. Um, it's important to use coconut oil, too. <laughs> or some type of oil. Rob but. is the biggest proponent of coconut oil I've ever met. <laughs> when you give a massage and you have the ability to slide and 
that just you get so much deeper. It's like removing the person's yeah. skin and then giving them a massage. Um, I want to add um, for someone who is less comfortable with their feet and maybe wants sort of an entry level version of the kind of self care that Rob is talking about. Yeah, what I would say potentially start with soaking your feet in warm water, like at the end of the day, because mm. it's something where you don't have to be like touching them as much. Um, if that's something that bothers you, I don't know. But that's a way to, you know, it kind of loosens the dead skin. It, it feels good. It warms them up. And, you know, you, you still have to have bare feet to do it. Um, so that's, you know, that might be sort of a the intro to what Rob's talking about, which honestly makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't know why. Like, I mm. thinking about me, like, deeply massaging my own feet. It's just a, there's just a tiny layer of, ooh, that I have to get past yeah. in order to do that. Not that I wouldn't do it, but so... Noticing that response in myself prompts me to offer a more entry-level solution for someone who may have more foot, you know, challenges than mm-hmm. than Rob, <laughs> which is most most people probably have more <laughs> issues with their feet than Rob. <laughs> Pedophobia. Pedophobia. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. You want to change your pedophobia into pedophilia. <laughs> So there must be another word, <laughs> then. <laughs> so, obviously. I mean, in that sense, like, aren't we all pedophones? <laughs> we should be. No. Afraid of children? No, no. Afraid of pedophiles. I was... I was Pedophilophobic, sure. Pedophilophobic. <laughs> Most people are pedophilophobic. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although there are arguments that that makes the problem worse. Mm. That... Um, pederasts are different from pedophiles. Pederasts? What do you mean? I think a pederast, I should look this up, but I believe a pederast is someone that um, has acted on their... Pedophilia? Pedophilia. Ah. So then, so is there then slight, a slight like disambiguation that needs to happen between a pedophile and a... That, like... Uh, you, people can be attracted to whatever they want. It's right. kind of like no feeling. You can is be wrong. a pedophile and yeah. not have acted on and it, and that may not be your fault. That's just something that's oh, arisen in you, and people oh, should be forgiving of that. It's pederast. It's, it's if you act on it with a child, mm-hmm. that's the part that we should be condemning. Right. But if right, people are never right, even allowed to right. talk about, okay, I have this issue. Yeah. If they're afraid that their therapist is going to report them as a danger, um, I believe the laws in the U.S. are that. Like, you're not protected for admitting mm. feelings of pedophilia, but, mm. like, in Germany, they've changed that. Well, and, I mean, pedophilia, well, any kind of, like, sexual compulsion towards anything kind of comes out of often, like, an association of that thing with the sexual act. Yeah. And so if you're someone who has a sexual response when children are around, that's probably because something happened to you in a sexual way when you were a child. Right. So that's definitely Maybe. not something that... Yeah. that we should inherently be attributing fault to that person for. Um, And yeah, I I always think creating an open dialogue is better than just being like, no, we can't talk about it because it's something that scares us or repulses us or, um, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So maybe start one foot at a time, take a sock off your left foot, see how that feels. And then if it starts to do it slowly, yeah. Reveal the ankle first, Mm -hmm. then slide it over the heel. Notice what your heel looks like. Inch it down the arch of your foot. Notice how the arch feels. Then the ball. Like, if it's too much, you just rip the sock right off. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe do some mushrooms and look at your foot. 
<laughs> I think you could accept it in that way. It could help you see, like, oh, this is strange. So are my hands. Mm-hmm. So is the whole body. But this part, no more than others. And what a great surf- yeah. What a great purpose it serves me. I had a really um, early in my days of tripping. I um, created a moment for myself where I, I had several files pulled down off my computer of pictures I really hated of myself on mm. from Facebook. Just pictures where I didn't like the way my face was captured. And I um, did paintings of them. I think I the paintings I had done soberly. Um, but it was just an, it was an attempt to better understand and visualize like and come to terms with what are the aspects of this that I don't like. And then I remember taking them out accidentally, I think. I was going to draw something else on this big notepad, and I, I was, um, you know, tripping, and I looked at the images that I created of myself that I had hated so much. And I just remember, like, you know, because there's that added element of colors vibrating and things sort of pulsing and moving this rendering of my face had a life to it. And I was like looking into my own eyes in this piece of art and just going, wow, like this is a representation of this living, breathing person that I am. And I've decided that I hate it. And like, wow, isn't that tragic? And like, what if I could um, develop more of a sense of kindness and empathy and love towards this you know, this, this slice of who I am that I perceive as a flaw. And so I feel like for that reason, potentially that could be a great idea. Um, if you're not someone who is generally comfortable with that sort of drug experience, I wouldn't start there again. No. <laughs> but if you are looking, if you're listening to this and, and where would you start? You have uh, the, the hot soak. I would start with removing oh, okay. the socks slowly hot soak. Let something else do the work. Let just the temperature naturally warm the area before you're more active yeah with it um but yeah so i do think that you know taking that kind of a drug or 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 really just getting yourself into a headspace um that's different um it opens you up to a potentially very poignant and meaningful experience yeah and you may change how you feel about your feet in a way that's a little bit expedited if you if you choose to do something that's a little harder um you know in terms of in the exposure therapy world um you know that might be that might be the kind of experience where you would have your girlfriend there or something Mm -hmm. um again it's about creating that safe enough container to let the fears out a little so that you can look at them and understand them a little better um, you know, turning the light on a little in the dark room. Start by practicing alone and just pretending mm-hmm. that there's a person there. Sure. And then do it in front of a dog. The dog might even lick your feet. Uh, if that's too much for you, tell the dog to stop. <laughs> but the dog probably doesn't judge your feet the way that you do. Mm. Dog's just looking for any salty, exposed piece of skin. Disgusting. What? That's disgusting. I used to come back from runs. And I'd have these foster dogs that I'd mm. only known for a day or two. But I'd come back from a run. No, the part, the dog part grosses me out. Being licked by uh, a dog grosses yeah, me out. Yeah, well, wait until you hear this. Oh, I'm... <laughs> I'm shirtless. I lay down on the ground after a hard run, covered in sweat. I'm a very sweaty person. 
Oh, don't worry. We're still going. They're getting this. I know. I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't trust my microphone running skills. Because, yeah, I've had the, the sound There have been fuck-ups. <laughs> Two things can go wrong. The battery can die. You can run out of storage space. Both of those have happened. So I'd get back from a run. Mm-hmm. I'd be covered in salt, shirtless, lay down on the ground. Dog would just go to town for probably 20 minutes. Real rough tongue, like sandpaper, mm-hmm. just rubbing all over my skin. And the dog is getting the salt that it wants because I'm not giving him a ton of treats. You know, I'm trying to treat it. You eat once a day. <laughs> you okay, lick you my salty fast. body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you act like it's the best treat you've ever had. Mm-hmm. And then we're both excited when I put on my running shoes and mm-hmm. get my music ready, get my little iPod shuffle loaded up. Dog sees that and thinks, mmm. Here comes a treat in about <laughs> an hour from now. Uh, I've yeah. filmed the dogs doing this sometimes, and I'll, I'll watch a dog lick all the salt off of my body, and I'll just remember, like, wow, that guy really accepted me, you know? That dog did not think it was gross that I was so sweaty. There is a very small, almost imperceptible connection between this and the pedophile conversation. <laughs> Name it. Um, Better be. Real small. Exploitation. Exploitation? I don't know. The pornographic element? Nothing scarred these dogs. The dogs were... I don't know. Stoked on Look, this. I don't know. Dogs would pay... If dogs had money, they would pay good amounts of it to do this to me. <laughs> um, so... Not just dogs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Several members of our own species. They lick salt off my body. <laughs> I can say with some confidence. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but... Yeah, the, the dog slobber just grosses me out to no end. You cannot get me further away from dog slobber. It's cleaner than a human's secretions, says everyone. Well, I don't prefer the smell. I don't prefer the fact that I can't control where it's going to go. The excitement level of the dog is very unpredictable and scary to me. Um, but so similar to this you know, issue that I, I wish there was some short short name we had given this person so that we could address them directly. Um, but their username is like hex tex max 85 X's. Um, yeah, I have a fear of dogs. Um, apparently like a big one knocked me over when I was little, like my dad, let me get too close to on the beach or something. I don't know. That's the feeder story that I've been told. Um, and so, yeah, strange dogs, especially big ones, especially rambunctious ones, ones that, whose behavior I can't control um, is unpredictable to me. Very scary. I just had like a nightmare, la- not a nightmare, it wasn't a full nightmare, but this particular <laughs> slice of it was a nightmare um, where I was like being sort of attacked by a dog. Um, regardless of the dog's intentions, like I made them nefarious. <laughs> um, what do you think the dog's justified intent could have been? Just as a little exercise and trying to, to know or understand or get close to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that ter- scares the shit out of me. Um, it's uh, yeah. So I've I've you know I'm I'm able to be in the same room as dogs, and you know once I get familiar with a dog and kind of creating a container again that's safe enough. <clears throat> like a friend whose dog I trust and I trust the friend and, you know, yada, yada. Um, or maybe the dog is kind of like to some extent, uh, restrained or whatever, um, that I can approach it and, and dole out my dose of, of conquering this fear. Um, 
I mean, under, uh, underlying the fear is a general sort of indifference at best to dogs. So it's like not my incentive to do it is pretty low. <laughs> but a lot of people have dogs and dogs are important to a lot of people that are important to me. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a way to love them despite the fact that I don't feel the way about them that most people do. Um, it's kind of like yeah. a dietary restriction. It's mm. like, oh, yeah, I can't do dogs. <laughs> okay, well, we can only get this close with some people. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but just drawing a parallel between, you know, that is a that is a way of exposure therapy that I kind of do with myself. And I wouldn't put myself in a situation with a dog where I know that the um, safety isn't going to be high enough for me to feel comfortable engaging with it. Yeah. So I think pick a dog that you trust when you try this foot-looking exercise. <laughs> so back to the foot. We've been talking about dogs for like 15 happen. minutes. The question was not about dogs. Some people call their feet dogs. Oh, my dogs are barking. That is, is so true. What do you think that's about? My dogs are barking. It's this thing that's your pet, and you uh, recognize a need to take care of it once it's in pain and once it's kind of like giving you an ow response. That's my. If you want to pick up girls, but you don't have a dog, get a leash, (laughs) tie it around your ankle, get two leashes, put the collars around your ankles, and then when people ask you on the street, yeah, people ask you on the street, "What the fuck are you doing?" Be like, "Oh, I'm taking my feet for a walk, (laughs) walking the dogs." (laughs) That's hilarious. Get little dog slippers. Collars. Oh, okay. Yeah, collars around the socks with little tags. Is it lefty and righty? Yeah. Mm Hmm. Um. Louie and Roger. Sure. That's what we used to call them. Those were our football code. The linebackers would be like, Louie, Louie, Louie. And no one would know that we were referencing the left side. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure they did. Because they Uh, were like, Lionel, Richie. (laughs) (laughs) They were doing the exact same thing. (laughs) I wish I knew a song of his that I could, you know. Hello. That's Adele. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> no, that's Lionel Richie. Suck it. The way you said, <laughs> I won't. The way you said hello was most instantly recognizable to me as Adele, but I'm well, a child of I this generation. Well, I think Adele was recognizing Lionel Richie's song when she made hers. Okay, well, we're from different generations here. We're, uh, we're different ages. And uh, yeah, I'm about six months older than Rob. Exactly, and that was, those six months were Lionel's time to shine. <laughs> Yes, late 1990 was exactly when he was doing his yeah, best. Yeah. I actually don't know. That might be true, but I don't think Could so. I think he was earlier. Um, but anyway, yes, I think your therapist is right. I think that exposure therapy, to, to the extent that you're comfortable with, being very careful of monitoring your, monitoring your response to different trials that you do and and making sure you actually do increase the difficulty of the exposure or, you know, make it by making it longer or making it slightly more intense or involving someone else, whatever it is, um, so that you continue to grow in that direction. Um, and you know, kudos for having feet that aren't, um, that you're not ashamed of and that that's not part of it. But for some people, if that is part of it, that's a whole different set of considerations that you have to make. Um, like maybe you would feel more comfortable doing the barefoot experiment. If you shaved them first, shaved your feet and oiled them up. Sure. (laughs) If that's what you need. Go for it. Yeah. I don't know. Make them look more like the feet that you had when you were fresh out the womb. Hmm. Mm. We're really just circling on this pedophilia. What do you mean? What's pedophilic about that? Well, it's like this um, nostalgia for a pre-sexual time, a pre-growth time. I think that's some of what 
potentially pedophilia is born out of. Yeah. Desiring but a body that doesn't have the markers of certain uh, growth or sexuality. Missing being a kid is different from being turned on by kids. Yes. I, I don't think this, this guy is going to get turned on by seeing his foot glistening and hairless like it was. I mean, you are talking about creating a pleasurable, like a, so, a pleasurable association in a way that I think isn't. It's at least erotic. Okay, but watching cartoons and eating cereal like you did when you were a kid on Saturday right, mornings. Right, but oiling up your feet. Doesn't give you a boner. <laughs> if you listen, if you get a boner from this, you can sometimes the wires get crossed along the way mm-hmm. to those nerve endings in the brain locations. Yeah. Um, um all right. Let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> this was good. You're welcome. Um but yeah, like just uh you know, and hey, do some things. Try some things. Mm. Let us know how it went. Um, give us the opportunity to give you more advice at different segments of your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, the thing I wanted to say before is like, what if you um, worked up to taking your shoes off in the room with your therapist? That could be a really great exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's the perfect container for it if you're open. And if your therapist is open, I don't see why they wouldn't be if they're encouraging you to be barefoot more. Getting the therapist to wear just their socks might be a challenge. But if you give them advance notice to make sure that there's no holes in the socks that day, they might be willing to do it. Oh, getting the therapist to take their shoes off? Because it's, well, it's, <laughs> it's people being in the room with their socks on that makes it particularly difficult. Remember, ah. Remember that? I sort of had lost twist. sight of that. But yeah, okay. That's a big clue here. Okay, so playing with the different gradients of clothedness mm-hmm. for the feet um, and with another person. But yeah, I mean, I think your th- it sounds like your therapist is giving you good good advice. So, you know, come to other people for advice, crowdsource. But you know, it sounds like you have a good support system. Yeah, I want to thank you for letting us walk a mile in your shoes. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the end of free advice. We'll be back next week with more free advice. Yeah, we love you. Um, we hope you love us too in a not pedophilic way. Not that we're children. No. Um, but we're in our late 20s. Show us your love in an appropriate adult way by rating, yeah. reviewing, subscribing, all the things we're supposed to recommend at the end of this podcast. Um, tell your friends. Uh, and if you have advice or, or a call for advice that you want to hear um, us talk about, you can email freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. We are open to at least reading your email. No promises that your question will make it on the air. Very dependent on what um, the question is. I try to respond to everybody at least with like a thumbs up emoji or something. Just to know, let them know that we got it. Yeah, and just to follow the, um, the, the Reddit format, give us a little username that you want us to use. Something yeah. that isn't your real name. Um, it can be a play on Sleepless whatever. in Seattle. Right. Hex, X, 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 um, whatever it is. Um, and if it is for some reason extremely inappropriate, we may censor it, <laughs> but we may choose our own variation, mm-hmm. but just that's something to know. Um, but yeah, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to face your fears in the ways that you can every day and grow and expand. Um, we promise we'll do the same. We'll keep giving you advice based on our best practices. You keep being your best selves. We'll just hold it down once a week. You can spend an hour with us. And the best part, all the advice, 100% free. Costs you nothing. Yeah. All right. Time. Sleep shine, guys.